Hey everybody, welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, it's Mr. Tim Jensi. Tim, how's it going, my man? It's been good, keeping myself busy with uh, all that fun stuff, and uh, four good games of Sens hockey we get to talk about today. Oh, I know, and you know what's funny? Even after the Golden Knights game on Saturday night, I messaged you and be like, I'm actually really looking forward to talk about these games this week. Yeah, because the... They were frankly very good games. All of them. They were. And thankfully, we got a couple of W's out of that. So can't complain. But before we talk about that, Tim, let's talk about today's cover athlete for today's episode, season seven, episode 19, and chronological order, episode 169. Now, you and I were talking a little bit about okay, well, who are we going to go for a cover athlete? And you suggested, and I'm very happy you suggested this, it's going to be Cody Hotchin. He's not an Ottawa Senator, but he was selected 10th overall by the Vancouver Canucks in 2008, played parts of six seasons in the NHL between 2010 and 2016 with the Canucks and the Nashville Predators. Now, he did announce his retirement following a diagnosis with maligant hypothermia and is currently on a comeback with the Milwaukee Admirals scoring a goal. At time of recording, he's had uh, three goals in five games. And also on a sidebar here, Sens related, we're also going to name Brian Fraser, our cover athlete as well. It was three years ago today that he unfortunately lost his battle with leukemia. But let's talk about Cody Hodgson because he is definitely one of those players that so much was expected of him and it didn't happen. It didn't work out for him. And, you know, it's like, okay, he's a prospect that didn't work out. But then you find out about his health issues and it all makes perfect sense why. Yeah, because we're talking about a guy where the body would just overheat and exhaust itself. And like when you read about Cody Hodgson talking about what it's like to live with this complication, it was like, how are you able to play at the level you did? Especially those first two years in Vancouver where there was so much promise. There was. There was. And it's even crazy to think about Cody Hodgson because with a disease like that and you nailed it right on the head like how did you play at such a high level but even in junior hockey like even high level junior hockey how did he not like how did the body stand up to that kind of punishment it's kind of incredible and it's really cool to see him actually be able to unretire and play at a decent at least at a decent level for an AHLer and who knows maybe if uh the push in Nashville doesn't work out. Maybe he returns to the NHL after almost 10 years. Yeah, no, it'd be a really, really cool story. And I do remember Hodgson as a prospect for the Canucks because he, like another guy, like Michael Gradner, he was another guy, first round pick, was had so much expectations and didn't pan out, right? So, but I know that Hodgson was dealt for Zach Cassian and Cassian, another guy who people had such high hopes didn't fully pan out, but Cassian was able to carve himself up a career in the NHL. That career has now ended. He's uh, in the Czech Republic. And it was interesting. Like the Hodgson for Cassian swap was, uh, it was a reclamation swap and I'm not actually sure who got the better of that trade. Yeah. Cause Cassian really didn't do much for the Canucks. He was just a, you know who he reminded me of? And it's actually kind of funny in comparison. Do you remember Guillaume Lactandresse? 
Yes. He was like him with the Senators. He was just there. Yeah. And then it's like the trade chain for Zach Cassian's cut. Sorry, all the trades that Zach Cassian's been involved in. The man was traded four times over his angel. Sorry, three times over his angel career. He was traded to Montreal for Brandon Pruss from Vancouver. Then from Montreal to Edmonton for Ben Scrivens. And then uh, he was traded from Edmonton with a first rounder and a third rounder to trade up. Just a very funny trade chain. And I really do hope that Cody Hodgson does make a full comeback, maybe plays a game or two in the NHL, because I feel like his career would go in full circle and he can go out on his terms. Yeah, and that's all you can really hope for as an NHLer, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. So we're going to move along, Tim, and announce next week's cover athlete for next week's episode, Season 7, Episode 20, and Chronological Order, Episode 170. Now, of course, we do have a guest co-host for next week, Tim. Uh-huh. So we're going to do a two-banger here. Jonas Corpusella for the Senators and Carl Vegemelka for the Senator, for the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty fun, and uh, we're going to have a Coyotes guest on, so seems fitting. It really does. It really does. But that's for next week's episode. But for this week's episode, Tim, I gotta ask, how's things been going? Been good. Renovations are kind of moving along a plum. We finally got that electrical inspection and everything checked out okay. So uh, we'll be getting drywall done this week. Excellent. Excellent. I know that you and I were talking a little bit about this before we hit record. The drywall came later than expected, but it's here. It's here, so uh, we were hoping to get it started today, but uh, that didn't happen, so it got delayed until probably midweek. Yeah, well, I mean, it shouldn't be that too hard, right? Maybe a day or two. Drywall yeah. goes up, it's all finished up, and then you just got to paint. Yeah, which means I'm going to have to wash a lot of drywall. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be something. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's... Yeah, we talked with the cap, the company that's going to make our cabinet. And uh, they said, yeah, just floor the whole thing. And they'll put the cabinet on top of the flooring. For the bathroom, just paint up to primer and then they'll put it in then. Hopefully it goes really smoothly for you guys, man. I know it's been a work in progress with all your rent rentals in the basement. So it's good to see it's, it's finally coming funny, in. Yeah, I still. Well, the funny thing is, it's just like, I don't think it'll actually be that hard. Like once the drywall's up and we've got the paint in, we we get the floor in, and then we can start putting furn moving furniture back to where it should be. If the bathroom is the last thing we get done, oh well. Yeah, I mean honestly, in a bathroom now, is it kind of a is that a half bathroom? No, it's a full bath. A full bath. Okay, so yeah, it should be not too bad. Well, it's like honest. we already have the tub in. The place for the toilet to go in is there. We just need the flooring done. And yeah, flooring, tile, tile backsplash. And uh, we'll get all that done. And then it's it's okay if that one goes a little later. Because the important thing is just opening up a room on our uh, second floor so we can put baby stuff in there. And then having a proper spare bedroom so you don't have to sleep on the Ikea couch. Hey, you know what? It worked, man. It worked. Sleep on that couch. 
Ah, uh, you're telling me your back wasn't happy with that, though. No, but in fairness, after three days of sugar, alcohol, and deep fried food, neither was my stomach. So, <laughs> <sighs> good times. We never did just a shooting the shit episode ever again, and maybe that was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the shooting the shoot the shooting the shit episodes were fun, though. Oh yeah, yeah. We got Chelsea involved. It was great. Yeah. How do I want to go back and just see what what did I even say? Oh God, I don't even want to go back and listen to them. It's <laughs> like <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> it's like you know when on Facebook when the Facebook memories pop up, you're like, ugh. What, what did I, I write? <laughs> like this is so cringe. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. It's so bad. No, actually, it's funny we mentioned Facebook. Okay, so I got a really good story to tell you. And it's something that when it happened, I immediately thought of, I can't wait to tell Tim this on the podcast. Oh. Okay, so Katrina and I were on the couch out in the living room. And, and you've been to our place. You know, yeah. like we have the living room before you come into our place. So we're out on the couch. Katrina's sitting there playing Stardew Valley. I'm dicking around on my phone on Facebook. I'm looking through Marketplace for whatever reason, right? I'm just, eh, just yeah. looking around there. In the last couple of weeks, I've really noticed that there's a ton of people selling cassette tapes. Because cassette, cassette tapes have kind of, well, I think because like the whole thing with vinyl, like vinyl came back, everybody was getting to it. I think we're moving past that into cassette tapes now. Right. But at least with proper vinyl pressing, you get quality audio. You don't get that with a cassette tape. No. I mean, with vinyl, you get a very warm sound. But cassette tapes have their own sound all into its own. And maybe that's what people are wanting, right? Maybe people want to go back to that, which I've explained to my dad in the past. He just, he can't wrap his head around the whole thing with the vinyl, with the with vinyl coming back and now cassette tapes are coming back. He says, listen, with all the technology we have, no, why would you want to go back? You have all this phone, all this music, everything on your phone. And I said to him, I was like, well, I think it's more of the novelty of having it. I guess, but also I remember I remember cassette sounds because like my dad's car only had a cassette player. The things that would happen with cassette and the audio quality its unique sound is I hear static because it's reading off of metal tape. Yeah, it's a very it's scratchy. How would, how would I describe that it's like a degenerated degenerated sound that's to me that's what it sounds like yeah but the point of the story here tim so anyway yeah the last couple of weeks i've really noticed people are selling their cassette tapes on facebook marketplace and you know i i had a cassette player when i was younger i mean hell when you and i first met i had a cassette player yep. my dad gave me all of his cassettes which had tons of albums and it was kind of interesting looking through some of these cassette tapes because there was somebody down in victoria and they were selling albums from bands from the 90s now i you know me i love my 90s rock from nirvana to tool to whatever you want yeah. to throw a rock at so i'm looking at them now i'm like oh right on i'm looking at some of these albums they had the first two pearl jam records which i really like it's funny because i'm not a big pearl jam guy but i do like the first two albums and one album that really stuck out was a album by a band called porno for pyros so what? porno for pyros is a side project of jane's addictions lead singer perry Farrell. Mm. it's all right there's a couple of albums that they've put out and i remember 
having that album on cassette because my dad gave me all of his cassette tapes. Porno for Pyros, the first album, was one of them. So I'm sitting on the couch and I'm I'm talking to Katrina about this, and she's not even paying really attention. She's you know playing Stardew Valley and not fully listening to what I'm saying. And I'm saying to her, I'm like, wow, like that's really interesting. Like I'm I had these albums as a kid, like you know Pearl Jam's Ten Verses by Pearl Jam and. Oh my God, Porno for Pyros. I totally remember them. Like I had that album and she kind of looks at me. She goes, what did you say? And I was like, <laughs> she's like, did you just say Porno for Pyros? And I was like, yeah, do you yeah. know them? And she's like, what are you talking about? Are you trying to tell me you had porno on cassette tapes? I was like, no. And I look, I showed her the ad like, look, Porno for Pyros. They were a band from the nineties. I had the first album on cassette. And she's like, oh, she totally misunderstood what I was telling her. (laughs) And I was like, no, I I get where you're thinking I'm going with that. But no, I I kind of explained it. It, That's good. It's just an album by a band. (laughs) Of course, it's just like they had to give like the dumbest name possible because 90s band, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny because the name Porno for Pyro is... It came from Perry Farrell. He was taking a bus in L.A. This is just after the L.A. riots. Right. And he was watching all the people who were looting and the fires and the rioting and everything in L.A. And he says, you know, it's really like watching porno for pyros. He's like, oh, good band name. Yeah. So that's where the name came from. And I went back and listened to that first album after I saw the ad. And I remember thinking yeah it's okay i mean in fairness and like i said i'm a big 90s rock guy and jane's addiction is one of the few bands that i i appreciate them more than i like the music yeah i don't think i was ever a jane's addiction guy to be honest no i think of them the way i think of the pixies is that to be into that band you really need to be into that band that's fair yeah, it's kind of like the way I think of like Nine Inch Nails. Because again, there's another band I'm not that big on. I, You know me, love Ministry, love KMFDM. Well, I still like KMFDM. I wouldn't say I love KMFDM. Nine Inch Nails, just a band that just, I get it, but it doesn't do much for me. Yeah, like I, I like Trent Reznor, but not like I am down for Trent Reznor, you know? Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Trent Reznor, especially because he has re... How does it... What's the word I want to do? He has reinvented himself more as a composer. Mm -hmm. Because he's done a lot of film scores and stuff like that. And I used to think of Trent Reznor, it was in the same boat as like Billy Corgan, where he made their band out to be bigger than what they were. And the more and the older I got, the more I thought about it, it says, you know... No, Trent Reznor is actually pretty genius. Billy Corgan's just a weirdo. Yeah. I get like, yeah, Smashing Pumpkins were big, but they were never like Nirvana big. And I think that's where he always tried to make them out to be. Like he was on Rogan years ago and he's like, yeah, you know, the Smashing Pumpkins. And he's trying to talk them up like they were Nirvana. And I was like, you you weren't Nirvana, dude. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, as soon as that happened with Katrina and I, I immediately thought, oh, I can't wait to tell Tim. Tim's going to love this story. (laughs) I mean, it's a good one. 
It is a good one, man. It is a good one. You know what's also a good one, Tim? Is this segue into this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. Nice. That's a good combo. That's a good conversation. I mean, one of her pyros, I went, like I said, I went back and listened to that first album and there's like one or two tracks that I was like, ah, okay, I'm kind of cool about this. <laughs> it's but, right. that's, but that's about it. That's about it. Now, Tim, we're going to start off top of the hour by giving a shout out to Detroit Red Wing forward Patrick Kane, who recorded his 800th career assist. Patrick Kane, it's another one of those guys that we talk a lot about the guy's probably going to get as many chances as he wants in the NHL because, like, the, the legacy he's built up is pretty impressive. He's just not looked good this season. Like, the point, the counting stats are there, but just watching him on the ice is uh, really sad. So I I wonder if his career will continue next year? <clears throat> Maybe. I mean, it'll depend on whether Patrick Kane wants to continue, right? Because yeah. Because there could have been an argument that he could have retired this season with his hip injury. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that he's able to still play is pretty impressive, but just watching the Patrick Kane defense warts is even worse than what I remember. Like, and just watching Detroit games in general are just kind of like that. Where it's just this bizarre. I don't like the team will get tuned on the ice, but then just, score these really fluky goals and then just win yeah it's almost it's like, like that the ep- inverse sense to me it's almost like that episode of the simpsons where homer ha- has to save the power plant and he goes eeny meeny money mo yeah basically yeah and also we got to give a shout out to patrick kane because he made his first return to the united center against the blackhawks scored the ot winner that you want to talk about a weird game that was a game where Chicago controlled the play all game and Detroit scored on what few <laughs> shot attempts they had, including Alex Debrinkit scoring a random goal from the corner. What was it kind of like the Eric Carlson goal from the corner? But dumber. Goal? Dumber? Oh, shit. Okay. And of course it happened against the Blackhawks. Yeah. And of course it was the luckiest team in the NHL. Now, another guy we got to talk about, Tim, that we've talked about quite a bit is Toronto Maple Leafs forward Austin Matthews, who became the sixth U.S.-born skater to record multiple 50-goal seasons. Now, at the time of this recording, he is only one 50-goal season behind John LeClaire, who hit three in a row. Which, that's kind of impressive, especially when you do have to kind of factor in that Austin Matthews does have a pretty significant injury history on top of that. It's going to be interesting when we get down to the heart race, given the season that the seasons that Matthews Kucherov and McDavid are having this year. Yeah. It's also going to be really cool because I know a lot of people are talking about the Austin Matthews with the heart, but also there's been chatter recently because I think since the lockout of 04 or 05, I think the record for most goals in the season has been 65 by, by Alex Ovechkin. There's a legit opportunity. Matthews breaks that. Yeah, which is frankly incredible. Yeah, because if he hits 70, I mean, when was the last time somebody scored 70 in the NHL? Gretzky? Like, it has been that long. 
That's a great question. Yeah, it's got to be going on 25 plus years now. Yeah. I can't even think of who it was. Let's see. It's kind of incredible how much scoring has come down in the NHL over the last 20 odd years, right? Yeah. You know, it was really amazing when I was reading about the Austin Matthews multiple 50 goal seasons. I'm actually kind of surprised that I know I understand he's more of an assist guy, but Patrick Kane, given the the seasons he had, the post cup years, I'm surprised he didn't hit at least 50 multiple times. Yeah. That is actually pretty impressive. The only guy that I know that hit like 50 more, well, Alex Ovechkin, where the guy had. I think Crosby did it a couple of times. Too. Crosby done it a couple of times. Ovechkin had three three in a row. Stamkos. Stamkos, yeah. Actually, yeah, Ovechkin with the uh, 50 goal seasons, he's had two streaks of three seasons in a row where he scored 50 or more. That's really cool, man. That is really cool. The NHL have announced that the New York Islanders will host the 2026 NHL All-Star Game. That's going to be kind of cool. I wonder, you know, because you always see the celebrities, they come out to go for these All-Star Games. I, Given you're in Long Island, I think of some of the names you can get for that too. Like a big one you could probably get, I would say Billy Joel. Billy, Billy Joel, Joel from, yeah. from Long Island. You could have gotten, oh no, I was going to say the cast of Surprise from Jersey. If you're a wrestling fan, Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF. AEW, the world champion right there. You can get him. Kevin Connolly, I know he's done a lot of stuff for the Islanders from Entourage. Who else would you get for the Islanders, though, outside of their, like, 80s alumnus? That is a great question. The last... Per, and going back to our discussion, the last person to break 70 goals in the NHL... Timu Solani and Alexander McGillney in 92-93. No It hasn't way. happened since we were both. Really? Yeah. Okay, that that surprises me because I would have thought maybe Mario did it in the mid-90s. Mario got to 69 twice yeah. in the mid-90s. Huh, nice. Because, yeah, he did it in 95-96 and 92-93. But Solani and McGillney are the last ones to break 70. Okay, that is quite impressive. That Although quite Brett, impressive. the year before, two years before them, Brett Hall got 86 yeah. in 90, 91. And that still is the closest that Gretzky's all-time goal record of 92 has ever been broken. Yeah. Although in fairness, if Mario hadn't had cancer in 1993, he probably would have broken that. Oh, definitely. Like the closest active player is Ove yeah, Ovechkin 65. And then McDavid 64 in 2022, 2020. You know, if McDavid comes, sorry, McDavid, if Austin Matthews comes close to or breaks 70, McDavid's gonna take it personally and get 80. You know this. Oh yeah, he's gonna go full Michael Jordan. Yeah, like, I took it personally is like a motto for that man right like so good now now we're going to turn our attention away from the new york islanders and austin matthews 
we got to talk about something serious this week because I know that you're on Facebook. Uh-huh. I know you're on Twitter. Wish you're it not wasn't. on Instagram. Now, I think we can both agree doing illegal shit and posting online online is going to affect your uh, your job status. Oh, yeah. In this case, Arizona Coyotes forward Adam Ruzicka had his contract terminated by the team following his Instagram story he posted doing cocaine. Wait, he posted it himself? Yes. He had a small, I actually saw the video, he had like a small plate with like a couple of lines on it with a vial that he's holding in his mouth. That's incredible. Yeah, like I get that. And this isn't even the first time that NHL players have been caught doing coke because I know Evgeny Kuznetsov got caught. I remember Mike Richards got caught coming through the border with it years ago. But I, I get it. You're a pro athlete. You think you're invincible. Why would you think posting this online would not end well? I don't. Yeah. Like, why would you post it on social media? It's so dumb. Like, we, you know how we were talking about last week with that Jackets podcast that we don't say anything that'll get us fired? Adam Rajiska oh. clearly doesn't do that. And for the record, I don't do illegal drugs, so... Uh, well, no, neither I'm do I. I'm just going to put that one out there, yeah. Yeah. I don't do any drugs for that matter. No, you're the real deal, T. Real deal. But uh, for... But, like, that's incredible. And, guys, NHL career is probably over at this point. Which, like, it sucks, but maybe don't post videos of yourself doing, like, at least for everyone else that got busted doing cocaine, it wasn't like, yo, here's this video of me doing cocaine for the world to see. And over the years, I mean, you've seen players post photos and pictures online that really you look at and you're like, why would you do that? McDavid. Yo, do you want to hear something that'll really take you back? Uh -huh. Remember Yuri Taluski with the Leafs? What did he post? He remember, I think he, I don't know if he posted it, but one of his nudes got leaked. <laughs> I forgot about that. And his career didn't even suffer. He kept playing. <laughs> I mean, it's not his fault. No, that's one of those like dark corner of your brain memories. Like, oh my God, I totally remember that. Forgot about, yeah, one of his photos of which. <laughs> oh my gosh, a cell phone photo from 2007? Remember, yeah. kids, this is before the iPhone. Yeah, this is the days of the flip phone. Imagine just how you wouldn't even have to censor the photo because it it would be blurred out just because the camera is so bad. I know that really would take you back to those my, MySpace days though. Ugh, that's greasy. It is greasy, Tim. It is greasy. You know, it's also greasy, Tim. St. Louis Blues goaltender Jordan Bennington was fined $5,000, the maximum allowable under the CBA for high sticking predators forward Luke, even Gistela. Evangelista. Evangelista. Sorry. I gotta say. That has got to be part of the all-name team for the NHL. 
It's a good one. That's a great name. Even if I just butchered it. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, I'm not surprised he got fined with this. But honestly, I could see people arguing like, oh, well, he didn't mean that. He saw him come around and he just went like this. It's also Jordan Bennington. The guy, when it comes to doing dumb stuff in his crease, he has absolutely no benefit of the doubt anymore especially after he went insane on that one guy a couple of years back now tim before we head off into our next story i'm gonna do this ready evan galista evangelista that's it we're moving on (laughs) detroit red wings have re-signed forward michael rasmussen to a four-year 12.8 million dollar contract with an aav 3.2 I guess that's just what you have to pay for third liners nowadays. Like Rasmussen's definitely homegrown, but at 24, it looks like he's kind of settled into that third line role with uh, the Red Wings and he's fine. The contract, it's not quite on the same level as the Nick Paul contract. So I can't be too, like, it's fine. Yeah, but Michael Rasmussen doesn't do it all. No, he doesn't do it all. And now we're going to close off top of the air by talking about a single trade. The Pittsburgh Penguins have traded Alex Nylander and a conditional 2026 six-round pick to the club's Blue Jackets for Emil Remstrom. Yeah, so the interesting thing about this is Dubas finally listened. Mm-hmm. He traded Nylander. I- I'm going to show myself out. Door mm, closes. <laughs> get out. Yeah, I don't know. Not really much I can say about this trade, Tim. No, Alex Nylander is definitely one of those players who... He's bounced around a lot, and it never really feels... Felt like he got a shake at the NHL, other than, like, one year on the the pre-COVID Blackhawks. And as far as defensive depth forward goes, it seems like he could, he could have an NHL role there in, like, a third-line sort of role just never really broke the bu- the bubble well benstrom is well just a kind of a fourth liner so i kind of like this trade for columbus just because they didn't get obviously worse might as well take a flyer on uh nylander and they got a sixth out of it that's all you can ask, man. Actually, sorry, can I add one quick story here to talk of the art to close out before we head off to the games? Now, I don't know if you caught the Canucks-Bruins game on Saturday night. No, apparently it was a good one. It was a good one. The Canucks got the W in overtime, but... But? There was two fellas who made their long-awaited return to Rogers Arena. It was the Green Men? The Canucks scream and Sully and Force made their long-awaited return to Rogers Arena on Saturday night. How annoying were they? You Hopefully know very. They brought the waffles out. They were tossing the waffles up in the air. I thought the waffles was... I Like, I understand the Green Men came back against Boston because that was when they really blew up, but I thought the waffles bit was making fun of Toronto. Yeah, apparently they had a sign and it was 
which one's the bigger Homer. And there's a picture of Homer Simpson and then a picture of Jack Edwards, the Bruins play-by-play guy. That's funny. That is really funny. That is really funny. And I love it, man. I'm here for it. Well, Tim, that wraps up top of the air for this week, which can mean only one thing. It's time to start talking about some games. Now, we've got four games on the schedule. We've got the Sens versus the Lightning, the Chuck Bowl versus the Senators and the Panthers, Stars versus the Senators, and the Golden Knights versus the Senators. But before we do that, let's hit the music. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> okay, Tim, let's start talking about the Senators versus the Lightning. This is a 4-2 Senators victory. Senators goes scored by Matthew Joseph with two, Tim Stutzla, and Vladimir Tarasenko. Lightning goes scored by Mitchell Chafee and Braden Point. Shots were 28-25 for the Senators. So, given that we were recording during this game, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Looks like I missed a good one, though. Yeah, so this is a game where Ottawa kind of dictated the terms of play up until the end of the third period. But by that point, they they were ahead or two, and they just shut the door. And it was a very, probably one of the more mature games I've seen the Senators play in the last year. Yeah, and it's funny, even in the condensed version that I was watching, it the Senators looked so much more structured than what we've seen in the past. And heck, when you see a guy like Matthew Joseph, who at one time people were kind of wanting him gone, and he comes into this game and having two goals on four shots. Matthew Joseph was absolutely electric. He was really hard on pucks that game, which is part of the reason why Ottawa won. So not only was Ottawa kind of dictating the terms of play, Ottawa owned the neutral zone, which caused Tampa to have to kind of stretch out those passes. But Joseph in particular, and this also happened, Brady Kachuk on the Tarasenko goal, was just really strong in that neutral zone, intercepting pucks, turning it the other way, and then generating a bunch of two-on-ones that they capitalized on. And Matthew Joseph almost had a hat-trick this way. Yeah, and even from the goals that I was seeing, they weren't ugly. They were very nice goals. Oh, yeah. And the other thing that I think is important to note, and we're going to see this a lot throughout this game, is both teams had less than 30 shots. With the Senators at the upper hand at 28. Yeah, that's very much a classic Jacques Martin coach team. And it's kind of incredible, like the transformation that this team has done from like a an incredibly high event hockey team under DJ Smith to a team that is able to kind of control play and just move it in the direction they want it to go and keep the keep the shots against down. Like the old like the Senators that we saw at the beginning of the season just could not do that. No. No, and it really is night and day when you go back and think of those Senators from October, November to the Senators now. It really is night and day. Yeah. The sad thing, though, is... uh, We... At the end of this Florida road trip, though, we... We lose Artem Zub. 
It's not very unfortunate. Actually, sorry. At the end of the Dallas game, Zub is in, is out, and uh, unfortunately, Hamnick comes in, and uh, we'll talk about how that goes because the answer is not well. No, and I'm trying to remember. I think it was in the Vegas game on the first shot, first or second shot, gold the Gold Knights take Hamnick. I don't know what he was thinking, trying to be the goalie. Yeah, it goes right past him. It blocks the actual goalie. Yeah, yeah, no. just not good stuff. No, it wasn't, but we'll, we'll get to there. Now, I do have two comments to make on this game before we head off into to Chuck Bowl. And I know this is something I mentioned last week, but those Tampa Bay jerseys, the black with the blue, I still, even still thinking about it, I don't like them. And you know how I feel. Black and blue should go together like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. And yet, how is it that the Leafs did this better? Uh, Jay Beebs? Jay Beebs, probably. But you know what it is? I think it's that the blue isn't... It's much more... How do I describe this? It's much more bold. It's yeah. You can tell... You can, differentiate it from the black right and i feel like with the tampa bay jerseys i still say they look like from the original mighty ducks the the hawks jerseys the black and blue ones which is not a bad thing it's just i just look at them and i think toronto did it better that's fair yeah and the other comment i want to make and quick shout out to a friend of the show macaulay i follow him on tiktok he's a great guy him and his wife were in tampa bay for this game Oh, sick. How'd that go? Really good. They were behind the goal. Nice. Yeah, I think he even screenshotted one of the things and circled him where he was. So you can actually see him on the on the goal. Oh, that's sick. Oh, man, it was sick. You know what's also sick, Tim? It's time to turn our attention away from the Senators of Lightning and turn our attention to Chuck Bowl. It's time for it to Chuck Bowl. Brady versus Matthew. Matthew's side took this by a score of 3-2 in overtime. Suns goes scored by Tomas Shabbat and Tim Stutzla. Panthers goes scored by Aaron Ekblad, Brandon Montour, and Anton Lundell in overtime. Shots were 34-30 for the Panthers. Even though the Senators didn't get the W in this one, I really liked how Ottawa played through the majority of this game. Yeah, despite being on the second half of a back-to-back against both the Florida teams, Ottawa, up until they scored the tying goal, they were playing tight with Florida, but then at the end of the game, you could tell they got gassed. Yeah, it was very noticeable, but you know what, though? I think that there was so much more good going on in this game than bad, and I want to start by talking about Tomas Shabbat, because, you know, the goal was a really good one. I feel like the series of events that led to that moment was so much better because he gets nailed with an absolutely beautiful hip check. You know, somebody's going to call a spade to spade. That was a beautiful hip check, even if it was against Ottawa. And then how does he answer immediately? He gets Ottawa on the board. Well, he gets up. He he collects. He keeps the puck in, fires it into the net. It goes like just excellent offensive D work. 
Yeah, it's amazing how the trade Shabbat crowd has really been silenced quite a bit lately. Yeah, well, let's hope it stays that way. Yeah. And then the Stutzla goal, and uh, this one silenced the Stutzla is soft and a diver, and we should trade him for whatever crap. Tay. Maybe Sens fans are just dumb, but... Wait, are, are you saying... are Were there actually fans that wanted to trade Stutzla? Yeah, you see it. Re Come on, really? Yeah, they're dumb. It's but... like It's like the people you're seeing now like oh we should trade brady no you shouldn't trade brady just because ryan whitney's coming up with bullshit out of his ass doesn't mean we should listen to him in fact it means we should listen to him less yes i agree with that that should that should have been our you know when we're putting together our 2024 goals listen to ryan whitney less yeah, which would be like in the negatives at that point, though. But anyway, no, I. you know what's funny about the Stutzla goal? I watched it, and the move itself was nice. I don't know what Bobrovsky was thinking, letting it go right through his legs. I don't think he was expecting Stutzla to get through the crowd, so he was keeping his ability to move side to side is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I... I look at that, and that just looks like one of those like EA Sports NHL goals. Total yeah. fluke. Just weird stuff. It is. It is weird stuff. And you know what's one thing I always tend to forget whenever we play the Panthers is I forget how low the camera angle is in the arena. Yeah. And I mention this art. every time we play Florida, and yet it still bugs me, and I don't know why. Yeah. Again, going back to, to say. the EA games, it's always like when you're fucking with the camera angles and you get it really low. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. So, Tim, do you have any more comments you want to make on this game before we head off into the third game of the evening? No, I'm good. Okay. Stars and Senators. This is a 4-1 to one Senators victory. Joe Pavelski got the low and sends goal. Sends goes recorded by Josh Norris to 2, Tomas Shabbat, and Shane Pinto. Shots were 30-15 for the senators so again i did miss this game but from what i understand because you and i were talking about this after the game i missed one of the best defensive games ottawa has played yeah they absolutely smothered dallas and it was a complete team effort and it just started from good defensive zone play solid neutral zone play and strong possession in the offensive zone which they converted josh norris was having himself a game too and this is probably norris's best game this season scoring two goals and both of them were beautiful things too yeah and you know what's funny with the second goal even though the goal itself was beautiful i feel Drake batherson deserves quite a bit of credit for that little flip pass right to him yeah and it's nice to see that, like, the Batherson-Norris line is actually, it's working. And it's working pretty pretty nicely. It because, is. yeah, Batherson-Grieg-Norris seems to be working. I've actually really liked uh, Brady Kachuk, Tarasenko, and Pinto as well as a line. Did you see somebody on Twitter mention that they should call that line Tank and Beans? Tank and Beans. That's a good one. That is actually a good name for, for a line, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that, that I missed this game because it's one of those games where 
I was following it on my phone because with Dallas, I'm never really sure which team we're going to end up playing. We're either going to play this very highly offensive or very defensive team. And yet we play the reverse Uno card. Yeah. And like the other thing about Dallas, like this game too, is it did seem Dallas was a little disengaged. Do you and think I think maybe they played down to them. I hope not. But I think the other thing is just the Sens did play their game and they got themselves established early in a way that just didn't, nothing seemed to be working for the stars as well. Like on the Shabakle, for instance, Tim Stutzla was able to put it into a quarter where no star skater is really able to get to it. And then it comes back out to Shabbat, who just wrists, sorry, just wires it top corner. So that's the sort of play that I'm not sure you get against a team that's fully there, but I don't think they are like fully not there either. Just a weird game, but full credit to Ottawa for getting what they did. Yeah, and the really nice thing I've I've definitely noticed in this stretch of games is how Ottawa is able to just pick up the puck, cycle it, and they look so much more competent than they have in the past where you would watch it and either pucks would bounce off them or it would be a terrible pass or you just watch them like, why, why are you doing this? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, the passing is finally starting to connect a bit more. Which is fantastic for Ottawa. And all the D-lines looked good, I think. But unfortunately... uh well, not even unfortunately, like it was just a good full effort by the centers. I really like the Shabbat burner docker pair seems to be working well enough. Uh, Branstrom Chikrin played very well. And uh, Shabbat, Shabbat Zoop, sorry, Shabbat burner docker, Sa- Sanderson Zoop was its stable, usual self. And uh, all the defensemen played about 20 minutes with Shikrin Sanderson and Shabbat playing around 21-22. So very even deployment and just a solid game from Forsberg, the one goal for a 93% save percentage, just good out, solid outing for the Sens. Yeah, and definitely the play and goaltending really helps these games because it's it's so deflating when you see the Senators both on forward and on defense play so well, and yet their goaltending just lets them down. Yeah. 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 And that's just been the the Ottawa Senators experience for 2023-2024. Yep. Unfortunately, Tim, it is what it is. Actually, to be fair to Jonas Corpusalo, his game on the against Florida was also just really good. And frankly, after some of the brutal games he had, it was good to see him have a bounce back. Absolutely. So, Tim, are you ready to turn our attention to the fourth and final game of the episode? Yeah, let's do her. Gold Knights versus Senators. This is a 4-3 to three Senators shootout victory. Vegas Gold Knights goals are scored by Chandler Stevenson with two and Jonathan Marshall. Senators goals are scored by Tomas Shabbat, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris, and Tim Stutzler got the lone goal in the shootout. Josh was 33-29, for the Senators, I got to say, just another great showing by Ottawa. Really liked how they played once again throughout. And what's really amazing is that this is a game that could have gone so wrong for the Senators, especially against the Golden Knights, a Stanley Cup champion. But to be fair, this is a Golden Knights team without Jack Eichel. And Mark Stone. And Mark Stone. So like they are missing very core components. 
Yep. But still, I mean, that's still a good team without them. For sure. A slumping team, let's be honest, but a good team nonetheless. Uh, And I felt like, yeah, Ottawa just played, they played their game and they felt like they sagged a bit at times, but they did what they needed to do. And it was a little unfortunate that they parked the bus against Vegas and as soon as the extra skater came on, Chandler Stevenson puts away his second of the night. And it just felt like it was coming. Yeah, I honestly thought that we were going to win this in overtime, to be quite Straight honest. In, in regulation. I thought their sense were going to win in regulation, and then they just couldn't skate the puck out. And for whatever reason, I believe Travis Hamannick was on the ice in the, the last minutes of the game, which is... I, I like what Jacques Martin has been doing with the Senators, but uh, that is a choice they made. That's a DJ Smith choice. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't like making, I don't like criticizing my dad, but still, it's not good. Not good. No, I mean, but in fairness, when you see how Travis Hamannick really on that first Golden Knights goal, Travis... There's a doing? goalie behind you. Let him stop the puck instead. Yeah. And I think it's just one of those things where you kind of have to accept that at this point in his career, Travis Hamannick is just not an NHL defenseman anymore and is arguably one of the worst defensemen in the league at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even going to deny that, Tim. I was trying to think if, if there's another guy, but I honestly can't. Yeah, and it's like, to be fair, it's like, what can you do, right? And he'll probably just be stapled to the press box once Zoob's back. Yeah, I would 100% believe that. 100% believe. Now, actually, one really funny thing happened after the Senators won in the shootout. You know how we see a lot of the players, they win, they always jump out of the bench? Brady Kachuk fell down. <laughs> Brady Kachuk bailed out of the bench. That's some captain shot. You know what, though? I watched that, and I laughed, but also it's like, I really like how Brady Kachuk is just so relatable now. Because even professional athletes can fucking fall out of the bench. Just eat it, yeah. yeah. Just very funny. It is really funny. Now, I do have one real question to ask you, Tim, before, because I really don't have any more comments to make on this Golden Knights game. So the real question I want to ask, if the Ottawa Senators can secure three or more wins this week, because we're going to have the trade deadline coming up, how does this change the Senators' approach? I don't know. But the other thing is, is we really don't know what the Senators are intending to do. Like, do they want to keep Tarasenko? Yeah, I've even heard rumors about what they want to do with Claude Giroux, too. Well, I think they want to keep Chloe. Yep. I think with Tarasenko, though, I think it'll depend on what he wants in free agency. And given that Tarasenko really genuinely seems like he likes playing in Ottawa, he likes being a senator. Uh, He has Craig Oster as his agent now. Yeah. So there could, you know, what if he decide? what if him and Steve Stales are saying, hey, let's work out a deal. I'll even take a hometown discount this day. Yeah. Even though Ottawa's not technically a hometown. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because 
we're going to have contracts coming off the book this summer. We're going to have some money coming up. It's going to depend on what Tarasenko wants. And on the hard thing is, is he's had a about as good of a season as you could have expected him to have this year. So I'm not, I wonder if he comes cheap or not. But then Ottawa's also just going to get a full player back in salary next year. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because I know that there's been rumors about UC Soros on the trade block. There's been rumors about other players. And with the Senators having all this cap space next season, I wonder what they do. Yeah, because yeah, like Matt Murray's dead cap comes off the books. Robbie Ryan's buyout is over. The Delzato buyout's over. We get into the negative buyout space for Colin White. Yeah. Who, by the way, just got picked up off waivers. Yeah. For that divorced dad look. Yeah, he's been rocking for the past 10 years. (laughs) But yeah, so the Sens have a lot of... There's a lot of interesting stuff they can do. They'll have about $14 worth of cap space for next season. Uh... And the only R- U- RFA they have is Eric Brand- or Eric Brandstrom and Parker Kelly. Yeah. Oh, and Shane Pinto. Yeah, I was going to say Shane Pinto is the other one I could think of. But Shane Pinto, I think, also... Do you think he takes a discount given how the Sens dealt with uh, the gambling situation? Maybe. And that's the thing with Pinto. I don't exactly know what the market would bear for him. Like as a restricted free agent, he's proven he's been very good in what he's actually been playing this season, given he missed half the year, but given that he only has half a year, maybe he takes a short bridge deal thinking that a long-term contract could be down the road. Yeah. And you can't blame him for that, right? No, not at all. And that's the thing with the Sens is, Really, the big question mark will be Tarasenko, like you mentioned, but also coming into next season, the big question mark is Jacob Chikrin and his contract. Because now you've got what three big demon you got him, Shabbat, and Sanderson on the back end for left hand, yeah. And like right now, he's on at 4.6, even if he goes up to like seven, the Sens can still afford him. Yep. Depending what they do with Branstrom, depending what they do with uh, Pinto and what they do with Ridley Gray. Yeah, and that's also going to matter if they want to take a big swing at, maybe they take a swing at Soros. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I wouldn't be, if they do take a swing at Soros or something like that, you have to imagine Corpus Allo is either shipped somewhere else or they just buy him out. Yeah, I would say, because I know we talked about this last week with his buyout, and honestly, at what, 1-3 or whatever it is, wouldn't be the end of the world. Because, yeah, it's only going to be a million dollars on buyout. Yep. Yeah, for what, eight years, seven years, or whatever it is? Eight years, yep. Yeah, so that won't be too bad. Well, Tim, I don't have any more comments to make on these games if you are ready to head off into the close for another episode. Yeah, I'm good. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording it for you. You can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as on social media at Third Line Plug. You can also find me on social media at Great White Gipster. 
And you can find Tim on Twitter at M901 Honey Badger. So, Tim, for next week, our special guest, Matthew Jacobson. Very excited to have him on. We've got four games to talk with him about. We've got this evening's game versus the Washington Capitals in Washington. Tomorrow night, we're going to be in the Music City to play the Nashville Predators. Friday, we return home to play the Arizona Coyotes. And Saturday, we fly to the city of brotherly love to play the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm very excited for all these games because it's like they're going to be interesting games to watch because it's not like it's bad teams, right? Yeah. Well, with the exception of maybe Washington, but we'll see what that. We see what we actually get there. I mean, by that I mean Ottawa's goaltending has not shown up to the building, so we're going to get some absolutely wonky results. Until next time, guys. All right, Gibson and the spin tip. Let's go. Woo!